0: welcome to the from battle to business podcast in this podcast business coach and fellow veteran dean van dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits you wouldn't go into battle alone and now you don't have to in business let's get to it well welcome back this is from battle to business with your host dean van dyke and today i'd like to welcome Alendus havens Alendus is a father marine husband, servant leader, business owner, entrepreneur, and podcast host. You've probably heard of him. He teaches uh, from a place of vulnerability where he goes in-depth on his struggles as a man by detailing his life for his fellow brothers. He focuses all his energy on helping his previous self get through life. Whether stacking wins or finding out why we prevent ourselves from winning, Melendis finds the answers on how we can become eternal warriors that evolved in every aspect of life. Welcome, Melendis. Great to have you. Thank you, brother. It's an honor to be able to be here. Thank you again, my friend. You bet. I love your love your energy. I love every I mean, just love it. I know folks want to hear about your service as a Marine. You were at, you know, basically Fighter Town USA, which was made famous in the show Top Gun, which by the way, that's one of my favorites right now. Again, so tell us about your experience as a Marine.
1: Uh so experience in the Marine Corps was funny. Uh the reason why is is I thought I'm from Fresno, California, originally, so not a very uh, good place on some sorts. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have, you know, closed mindsets, and then there's gangs, fighting, whatever. So funny when I first went in the military, because uh, I have two left feet. So boot camp, they, they would laugh at me because I can do 35 pull-ups, but I couldn't walk in a straight line couldn't drill So it was learning that but they picked up pretty damn quick that you're a leader Uh, mm-hmm. so for me, it was leadership positions when I was at the schoolhouse, whatever The reason why I was talking kind of about the background which was funny is Uh, I didn't realize that like if you don't make those changes You don't put in the work into yourself all that stuff that who you were before comes mm-hmm. into it So for me, I was going away from being in the hood hanging out with people who I shouldn't be around being at the schoolhouse Uh Uh, being around hood people from the East coast now, and now, you know, getting in the mix, fighting, acting a fool. So it was funny because it was like, I'm trying not to be this. I was that, you know, and then when I went into uh, the fleet, Went to Miramar, So I was stationed in Myanmar. Uh, first three weeks was there. They sent me out to Yuma for two and a half months. Got some training out there for my job that wasn't even pertinent to my job. I never even did it again. Uh, so spent <laughs> some time in the desert out there, worked out every day. Uh, went back to my unit for a week in San Diego. They sent me to 29 Palms, uh, Palm Springs area out there to do some more training for two months. I think I was back another two and a half months, deployed to Kuwait for six and a half. Mm. Uh, After that, a great, great time, great experiences learning, uh, my boss was an amazing individual, brilliant mind, just terrible leader. Uh, She did not have any leadership skills. She was with the old school mentality, which for me had a hard upbringing. So you can scream at me and I'm going to laugh in your face after because I just don't take it to heart, you know, and that's what was uh, tough as nails, but came back stateside. And then uh, my unit moved to Hawaii. I was supposed to go to Hawaii. My old boss, she was just like, Hey, you know, me and you're going to start this new unit. You're going to run it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I look at the orders. Now I'm 19 years old, became my own boss. Uh, so extremely tough for me because we started a unit from the ground up. So my first intro to business was doing it in the military, which is even Mm -hmm. stricter guidelines on certain things. Um, my unit had the Ospreys, the MV-22 Ospreys. So I was in charge of 13 aircraft, doing all the aviation flight logistics data, uh, coordinating the transfers on the maintenance side. And then I ran the training department for 200 individuals for retention wow. and promotion. So extremely tough for me. Uh, I didn't have the weight. Like I said, I was 19 years old in the E6 position as an E4 and uh, was getting checked when I'd walk into rooms by senior people because they have the rank. So they're like, we don't need to do this. You know, and I'm like, hey, this this letter came directly from the commanding officer. This is what they want, and that's where you know you have to get smart. Is I was in these rooms, mm-hmm. and I'm getting screamed at by our senior enlisted advisor, and he's like, you guys aren't getting these things done. What is happening? And everything is your fault because you're the leader. So everything's your fault. You need to figure the f out figure it out. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How is it my fault? So it was sending emails to read receipts on printing it out and being like, Hey, deadline for weigh-ins is this day going to a commanding officer. Hey, sir, this individual isn't doing it. And that's how I kind of built my reputation of who I was uh, rebuilt that unit. Um, Bad thing. When I hit my second year, I was on a promotion panel to go to E5. I would have ran away with it, but I tore all the cartilage in my right knee. So -hmm. that's where uh, I kind of faced adversity in for two years, dealt with a, you're no longer a good Marine, even though I was my own boss, Uh, wasn't a good Marine because I wasn't physically healthy, Uh, whittled it down to my last three weeks, figured out that I couldn't stay in. Uh, So it was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. for me because it was like, I finally found the one thing that I'm good at. I love, I'm passionate about, and now I got to move on with my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a a heartbreak when you have that injury in the military and you've got to, I mean, it's, I was, I went under the knife when I was in the Navy and it does, it really saps you from what you are asked to do and what they want you to do. And it it makes it very tough. So, but, uh, well, thank you for telling us about that. So tell us about the winner's paradigm. Yes, sir.
1: So uh, that led me into it, you know, getting out the military, extremely tough. Why? Because I have this press on mentality and I can accomplish anything, but that's not the way life works for us, you know, so got a degree, uh, really sort of battling my trauma. I started drinking a lot when I was in the Marine Corps because it was just pad uh, work, work environments. Uh, I seen a lot of my Marines try to take their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was something for me where it was just like, you suppress that emotion. You're so stressed out. And it leads you to where you don't want to be. So for me, it right. was really battling that. But my parents are big drinkers, abusive, uh, racist stepdad in the mix. So me getting out of the military was tough <laughs> because I started you know, thinking, oh, I should grow out my hair. I should do whatever. Uh, but first working at a mortgage brokerage was tough because I'm 22. I'm with other 22-year-olds who are getting off mommy and daddy's couch. And this is where I'm starting to be an asshole because I'm like, oh, I don't like these guys. Like, Why is everybody making thinking everything's jokes? Why are they talking about mommy and daddy's money? Like, I don't have that. I've been on my own. You know, I have my own house, right. uh, a baby on the way. So, a week before my daughter was born, I started the Winner's Paradigm podcast, really talking about recalibrating your mindset. So, talking about the tough shit we don't talk about as men. Uh, like I said, you know, I seen the Marines hurt themselves. Uh, I had to be over there. I had to choke them out one night because this dude kept trying to hurt himself. And it was all these things to where it's like, you didn't go to combat, you didn't face it. Like, that's not something, that's not real. So, it was for me to have the platform finally to talk about, hey, in the military, what I went through, you know, what I went through when I got out, uh, mm-hmm. how it was for me growing up and why I am the way I am because of certain beliefs in how I'm going to be able to move forward with my life, even though I messed up in the past. Because I know a lot of times, you know, us as men, we get so consumed on the labels or people saying what we are. And it's like, nah, you don't know me for who I am because I put so much work into myself. Mm-hmm. I've done all these things and now I'm reactive. Now I'm acting a certain way. Now I'm upset because they're saying you're a liar, you're a cheater. And you're like, I may have made dumb decisions then, but that not reflect of who I am now. Uh, right. So that was my goal: is you know, is transforming, showing men like, hey, you got to be vulnerable. You got to touch on those things that you don't want to talk about because ultimately, that's why you know that we're
0: going down these paths that aren't meant for us. When you were saying that, it it brings back a quote from Zig Ziglar, and I know Zig. Uh, you know, I've, I've listened to him and studied him, and he talks about mistakes and failures are an event. And you know, I learned the hard way that mistakes and failures are an event and it doesn't define us. However, as men, you know, we get that stinking thinking and it's tough at times to overcome that. So how, how did you flip that script as you call it?
1: Uh, So I'm going to go the dark side Uh, for me, it was going down the bad path. So Mm -hmm. I had uh, one of my best friends died my junior high school, uh, senior year. My best friend died a week after we graduated Another one died before I deployed, uh, came back, um, now got out the military. Another friend died. My grandfather died. And for me, that was the big one. Uh, I don't really have a relationship with my dad. It's one of those two where you talk about sports, girls, money, and that's it. You don't talk about anything mm. else because that's where his views are going to come in. That's where this machismo, macho guy is going to come in being tough and oh, we don't show weakness. That's not what it is. Even as a dad, you don't do that to your kids. So for me, uh, my grandfather was that person who me and him argued because he was this peace hippie guy that I would call him. Uh, Always talking about peace, loving everybody. But it was something where the last year of his life, me and him really got on the same page. This Mm -hmm. is when I'm working at that mortgage brokerage. Uh, And I'm like talking to him all the time. And I'm like, man, you know, grandpa, I love you. You know, thank you for being the dad that I've always needed, Mm -hmm. whatever. So he dies and now I'm scrambling, going crazy. Uh, I wasn't drinking as much then. I started getting into cannabis. So I started using cannabis to be able to help me journal. And this is the first time in my life I started crying because I was just like, pain. Uh, I'm real reactive. My dad was abusive. Mom was, so I want to fight all the time. It's frustrating because I've worked my ass off. Uh, first year in the military, he sent my mom thousands of dollars, uh, had a traumatic event with that. My stepdad thought my mom was having an affair while I was mm-hmm. on boot leave. So he almost shot my uh, wrestling coach in the face by a centimeter. SWAT team goes through the house. So I'm having these violent thoughts of hurting my stepdad. And still, even when I was out the military, was still upset about it because it was a triggering thing uh, for my family. They didn't get through it, but I didn't work on myself either. So I was going down that path, uh, was drinking a gallon of whiskey. And then really, once the grandfather died, that's where it hit me. was like, you're drinking a lot before being a complete asshole. Didn't go well for you. Uh, Wasn't going well with my wife, arguing with her. I have tonality issues because I think everybody's yelling at me. Military definitely didn't help that. And then it was the place of belonging, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. before I was my own boss, but all of a sudden, because I didn't have a degree there, these jobs are telling me that I need to be at these uh, basic sales positions and that I wasn't worthy to be where I needed to be. And that Mm -hmm. didn't make any sense to me because I'm like, you guys don't know who I am. So first it started with the, who are you? what is it? Then it started healing from those personal deep wounded traumas. uh, Cause I felt like for me, it was the reason why I'm an overachiever is always to prove everybody wrong, you know, to make sure that uh, I cannot be the same way that my parents were and doing all these steps. And it's like, Hey, what is it for you? So for me, Grandfather died. Uh, and that's really where the legacy started thinking was like, if I die, yeah, I can give my kids money, but what I'm they're snobs and I don't teach them about life, how you treat people, how you work on that. So uh that was the first portion, you know, was really getting to that dark place, not feeling mm-hmm. well. And then two, starting the podcast talking about these things, uh, definitely hit me because my whole life I tried to connect with people. I was the kid who would say, Oh, yeah, like. Your dad treated you this way. I seen it. I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about it. I didn't mean to overshare. It's just the way I connect with people. So on the podcast level, it was connecting, talking about things realizing that, hey, we have more in common, uh, us as veterans, mm-hmm. us as people, as men, uh, than we actually think. And that's where really I started making more breakthroughs, started healing from things that were messing with me, was I was like, hey, I'm not alone. You know, I have people who care about me, who want to be here for me. I'm so used to doing everything on my own that I pushed more people away than realizing that, hey, you know, if you have that tight knit team, you have those people who can take
0: care of you, you can survive anything. Oh, that's Wow. Well, you've already started talking about accumulating your wins. So just, you started in the military with the Osprey and, and I mean, that obviously that platform, that, that aircraft itself has had its growing pains. And so kudos to you for, uh, you know, just being able to accumulate a startup and then, you know, the loss of your grandfather. I mean, a lot of times for us as men, it takes that traumatic event. Um, and, and, you know, I lost my dad. Two decades, almost three decades ago, um, and uh, that to me was kind of that. It, it was a traumatic event, but I didn't deal with it. Uh, like you talked about earlier, you know, we suppress our feelings, we suppress, we you know compartmentalize that stuff. So, how did you start? I mean, you started in, in the Marine Corps, accumulating those wins. You're continuing to do it. So, how do folks realize that? Hey, I've got however many wins you've got in your hip pocket. How do you help them realize that? Ooh, I love this question, brother. And I'm going to
1: start different than everybody else. A lot of people are going to start with morning routines, but I think before you get to your morning routine and before you start counting those wins, just think about and really appreciate yourself for where you're at mm-hmm. uh, and where you've gotten yourself into, whether it reflects to where you are or not. Like that's where it was for me was realizing that I survived. Uh, I'm alive, and it was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Well, I've always been a hustler uh, since I was like young. Um, when I lived with my dad, we didn't have, my dad had a big ass house, uh, but he didn't give me any money. So I remember going to my dad for 20 bucks. Hey dad, I need 20 bucks to get a binder for school. I need some school supplies. Hey, I gave you 20 bucks for an allowance for the month, Figure it the fuck out and sent me on my way. So I learned that these kids that I went to school with were rich. So I was getting video games and I would trade that for clothes and trade that for money. So I never asked my dad for a thing. And then I go back to my mom's. Uh, it was realizing that that some of my friends were doing things that they probably shouldn't have been doing, but here goes me starting a business on it. And I'm like, Oh, these people are going to be smoking. They're probably going to get the munchies. I'm going to run to them. Hey man, do you need something from the store? And I was making money to be able to collect and figure out, Hey, how do I keep myself fed? How do I stop asking my mom for lunch money? How do I, you know, be the middleman? So I don't mm-hmm. get myself legally into trouble so I can get in the military and really figuring it out. Uh, had the abusive dad, like I was saying. So, um, he pinned up my stepmom against the wall sometimes and was beating her and, I was 16 years old. That was the last time he laid. Well, he laid his hands on me after, but. Uh, 16 years old, I stood up to him and I was about to fight my dad one night. Cause he was about to get another DUI and it was something for me. So first I think about those things, you know, and mm-hmm. it was, Hey, you survived, you've done all these things. And then it was, you know, getting a job and realizing that, Hey, I was my own boss at 19, 20 years old. It's the difference of how we speak and how people can interpret, you know, what we've been through, through our experience. So if I walk in there, act like I don't know anything, they're going to treat me that way, but that's not the way we carry ourselves. So it was, you know, Hey, we went through all these things. It was going through uh it was really learning that i couldn't connect with everybody and that was part of the problem even with college Mm -hmm. was they're like you need to get this thing done and i'm like you guys don't understand i wake up at 4 a.m i hit the gym for two hours i get to work at 6 30 i work all day me and the wife are trying to start a family uh from five to nine or seven to nine, whenever uh, I'm working on papers and I'm doing this. So it was for me realizing that college didn't resonate with me, but I needed to be able to do that to get to where I need to be mm-hmm. as well as just keep pushing through it. Cause that's what it is in life. You know, sometimes it's going to suck. We're not going to like where we're at. And that's where the wind started accumulating for me was realizing like, you went through all this tough shit. So for me, you have to start with anything tough that you went through in your life prior to, Hey, you survived it. You know, for me, my friends died, my grandfather died. Uh, I really wanted to call him, you know, and that was the worst part was like, I was talking to him two days before he was in the hospital. Uh, He didn't tell me the day he went to the hospital. So (laughs) we didn't know. But um, apparently he walked himself Mm -hmm. in and then he just got worse. And it Mm -hmm. was like, I just wanted to talk to him. You know, my dad tried to reach out to me. We don't have that connection. Uh, He's not one to be able to listen. So it was for me to be like, hey, you know, I really need my person. And it went back to the, hey, you've done the hard things. You've worked on it. Uh, I started realizing for myself, especially when I wasn't drinking anymore, that, all the things that I thought I liked, or even people like when you're in different rooms and you started to do things differently, uh, definitely hits you when people are like, Oh yeah, you know, I was drinking. And now I realize like, I just talk about getting shit faced all the time. And now I don't talk about it. So it's funny when people are talking about it. Cause you're like, I know where you're at on your journey, you know, because if you're drinking ah, heavily yeah. and you're not where you want to be, there's some underlying problem. Right. It's just not that you're going to be drinking all of a sudden, or this great thing, like you're suppressing something something's behind it nine times out of 10. So it was realizing those things and then being able to be the leader. And that was the wins for me, you know, it, was, mm-hmm. it started there before I even started in the morning was realizing like, Hey, we have the ability to teach. Now, when I wake up, I structure everything differently. Uh, I do it two different ways. So either wake up at at three, hit the gym by three 30, um, which happens three or four times a week and then the rest of it uh, I wake up at nine six to nine because my joints are aching so bad I have really bad uh, elbows shoulders knees hips so wake up with extreme joint pain every day this morning I was throwing up for instance so wow. I really had to learn for myself that hey you know first hour of the day take care of yourself so whether I'm right. going to the gym I'm stretching meditating praying like I'm gonna take that time for me especially now with a little one and taking care of her like I understand how stressful it gets. Like this kid just screaming her head off. And I'm like, why are you screaming? I've changed you, fed you, you have water, you're playing with your toys, but they just want dad to cuddle sometimes. And with my daughter, she wasn't uh, clingy with me until she had about nine months. And now she's always like, dad, dad, you know, so recording, doing whatever. And that's where, you know. for me, uh, I know we talk about wins, but it's the internal dialogue as well. Mm -hmm. I had to be able to tune myself back and go from the overachiever, oh, I need to do all these things in a day and stopping the OCD because I have OCD (laughs) extremely bad to where if things aren't in the order I leave it in, or if I don't accomplish every single thing in the day, I don't have my 15 minutes to get whatever I need done, I flip out. So for me, it was giving myself grace to understand that, hey, Mm -hmm it's a win. You know what I mean? This is, a, if I get to make breakfast for my daughter and sit with her for a minute, that's a win for me because I may not be able to have this time forever in my life. In that thing about business that I'm so worried about, like it's going to get done regardless. And if it's not going to get done, it probably wasn't important. So it was something for me where I had to relearn all those little tools or how to rewire our mindset per se. Wow.
0: So you talk about surrounding yourself with the right people. How do you do that? Oh that's something I continually talk about and uh, I would
1: say you base it off of your core values. So mm-hmm. every podcast I go on they're always like hey how do you start what do you, what do you do when you start start with your core values you know what's important to you what do you live by I made mine an action plan I just live my life that way. That way it's not me preaching something or not. And for Mm -hmm. me, uh, I worked with one of the biggest guys in the podcast game, love the dude, great human being, but just business-wise, wasn't up to par with the way I like business being done, being transparent, under-delivering didn't suit me. So that's where I had to be able to figure out for myself, hey- who do I need to surround myself with that group that I was in before they projected a lot. So they always said things like, I don't try to prove anybody wrong, but I do what the F I'm going to say I'm going to do. And it's like, well, if you keep saying that you do what you say you're going to do, you're not doing it. And that's what was happening was they were saying it in one area of their life. It wasn't going at, it was in business. So it made it Uh, even worse. Uh, so for me, it was realizing the internal dialogue of the people I have around me and what they're saying, because I was feeding into it too. You know, I'm, I'm all energy. I'm pumped up. And it was just like, why am I being a certain way? You know, Why am I getting upset? Uh, I'm trying to help other men and I'm getting upset at them because they're giving us objections about why it's so hard. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? this is not hard, figure out this way. And it's like, you can't talk to every single man that way. So really you have to figure out, you know, who you have around you, uh, what your mission is, because they may be great people. You know, you may love them to death, but some people are a little more, uh, energized than us. And some people aren't, you know? So for me, it was realizing that, Hey, uh, I come from the old school mentality of screaming acting in a certain way. Well, definitely the military definitely being around people that do the same thing isn't going to help me cuz I'm never going to get better learn how to right. effectively communicate with people when situations arise like that where the man's like hey you don't understand what I'm going through and you're like bro I've been through the same thing you know now being able to have the compassion the empathy you can be able to talk to them on that level mm-hmm. so if you want to go anywhere you know you really got to think about who's around you whether it's family it's not uh for me it was like that as well you know I don't talk to my family because they kept saying you can't do things uh that's not you and you're like what are you talking about? You know, all I'm doing is investing into myself, which a lot of people don't do or they're too afraid to. And that's where, you know, that circle that you have is going to keep you locked in. Uh, They're going to be able to call you on your BS whenever, you know, so for me, it was the same thing, even like, I had buddies that I would drink with. I wasn't drinking with them anymore. Uh, why? Because some things they would let fly versus having the good friends to where when you guys are out, for instance, you know, having lunch or something and the waitress comes by and traditionally, you guys would be like, oh, she's cute. And then these guys are like looking at you like, hey, man, what's going on in your life? Like, what's wrong with you and your wife? You know, why are you acting this way? Mm-hmm. Why are you making jokes like that? in them caring about you on that personal level is a completely different. So you have to figure out, you know, with those people you have around you, uh, what's important to you and what's important to them.
0: Wow. There's some words of wisdom right there. Uh, so I want to move into my speed round and I've got a few questions for you, um, uh, to learn a little bit more about you and how you got to this journey, but what are your three books that you'd recommend and why? Ooh,
1: so I'd say the first one, uh, first book I read was Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter by 50 Cent. I read that before I got out the Marine Corps, uh, and he just talked about the street level stuff he did and how it compared to the business. Uh, I felt like that resonated well because – background wise but two it allowed me to be able to see that hey you know there's more similarities from people who you think that there wouldn't be you know so mm-hmm. if somebody did something uh definitely can compare to something else in life second one was 48 laws of power i was mad about it first law where it's talking about never outshine the master uh i had a after i injured my knee in the last year of the marine corps i had a boss who i told her like to this day i will never be in the same room with her um uh, there's no reason. Like she just was not smart. Uh, I strategically would tell her, Hey, this plan's not going to work. And instead of using that book as guidance, you know, and this is why I read it a month before I got out. uh, It upset me because I could have just been like, Hey, making ideas, hers, her thinking that it's her idea and me being able to progress. But instead, no, I want to tell her she's wrong and fight that case. She tells us to do things over five, six times, then realizes she's wrong. So uh, different ways to communicate, and then the third book, I would say, uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller, I know it's something common that we think of, oh yeah, I need to focus one thing, but I think that's the power of it. You know, It's just being intentional with it, right. having the intention to be like, hey, I have this 15 minutes to be sitting here to stretch out. Let me do that. Because if not, you're never going to get it done. So for me, uh, I definitely have the time block. I definitely figure out what's important to me if I'm taking care of my daughter, because there's no way I can be able to
0: check off all these boxes if I don't even make sure anything's a priority. Well, if everything's a priority, then nothing's a priority, right? So, I mean, that's that's exactly that's the big challenge. So, tell us about your three favorite movies and why. Three favorite. So, first one, uh,
1: Forrest Gump. Oh. I never realized that was an extremely depressing movie <laughs> until I got older, and then I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, this man just got used and abused by this girl." But um, yeah, love that movie. Uh, that's always been one that I connected with. Two, I'd probably say Bronx Tale. I used okay. to watch that movie tons as a kid. And then I love that uh, quote where he's talking about where Robert De Niro is talking about what a hard working man is and going to the same job that you hate and really going through it. And you're like, you know what? That's true. That is what a hard man is. Three, three, I'd probably say half baked. I love Dave Chappelle, but uh, oh, that movie okay. just gets me laughing every single time. I'm that guy that watches it and then thinks it's the first time I watched that movie. That's
0: awesome. No, that's great. So tell my audience where we can go and learn more about you.
1: Absolutely. So, easiest way to find me, go to the winnersparadigm.com, wherever, uh, or the winnersparadigm, any place you find your podcasts, and then social media, Alundis underscore havens.
0: All right. That's great. Well, Alundis, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today with Battle from Battle to Business. It's been a pleasure having you, and I appreciate the time that we've been able to spend together. Any parting words? I appreciate you, brother.
1: And yeah, the last thing I would just say goes back to that core values, you know, find out what's important to
0: you and live by that. Other people will be able to see that and live by it as well. Amen. Words of wisdom again. So much. thank you so much again. And I'm looking forward to getting this podcast out and uh, having to lend us on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at DeanVanDyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.